While it's doubtful that Arizona State is going to finish the year on a seven-game win streak, we can still set some reasonable expectations to finish the year up for Arizona State Sun Devils football on this edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Our Locked on Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. My name is Richie Bradshaw and I am your guide for everything Arizona State Sun Devils. Thank you all so much for making us your first listen of the day. Remember, the podcast is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. If you would like to check us out in that visual platform, of course, wherever you do get your podcast, though, make sure that you hit like and subscribe and also turn on those notifications so you get an update every time we post new content. Before we get started here, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So today's conversation we're going to be having. I basically want to look at what's going on with Arizona State Sun Devils football for the remainder of the year. I want to set some reasonable expectations. You know, nothing too crazy, realistic, quote unquote, reasonable, quote unquote. I I I want I want to set goals. I want to be realistic about it but i i want to push this team as much as i can sitting in my in my office behind my computer so let's take a look at the offensive side of the football first and i want to look at the quarterback emory jones jones has been pretty underwhelming as a quarterback honestly but he is still okay he's rock solid um you know, he, he's completing almost 63% of his passes. He's averaging 200 passing yards a game, but he's only got four touchdowns on the year against three interceptions. That just, that's simply not going to get it done ever. So it's, it, it's, it's a frustrating stat to look at again, four touchdowns, to just three interceptions. He's not, he's not getting in the end zone much. And I understand that it's, it's not as though he has all this great talent surrounding him. I'm, but there, there's capable guys here. You know, Elijah Badger has been very, very solid for you. You've got some pass catching receivers as well. And it's just a bummer that it doesn't seem like the team wants to utilize the passing game as much. But at the same time, I, I also understand why that's the situation that we're in. So what I would like to see moving forward, a lot more opportunity for just a, a more healthier balanced passing attack, like attack the middle of the field a little bit more. Don't get too crazy with it. I will tell you, I think at this point you just need to abandon the idea of getting a deep passing game. I don't know that anyone is truly capable of that at this point. You have a lot of rack guys, you know, run after catch, you know, um, uh, Giovanni Sanders showed the ability to break the big one with that 73 yard catch and run against Oklahoma state. There's guys here who are capable of big plays. I just don't think the downfield shot's going to work. Emory Jones has not shown precise enough accuracy in order to be able to do that. So he's he just kind of is what he is. The deep passing game's not going to be here. Just do your best with what you have available to you, you know, uh, up front, short passes, underneath, and middle of the field. With the run game, you know, I've been saying this all year. I feel the need to continue to accentuate this point. Run the heck out of the football. 
this is a team that's built to run. You've got so many quality backs here. Ex Valade has been absolutely sensational for Arizona State this year. 455 rushing yards in five games. So he's averaging uh, 91 rushing yards a game, right? No, that's not right. Yeah, it is. Yeah, 91. I'm not crazy. He's averaging 91 rushing yards a game. He's got 6.2 a pop, five touchdowns on the ground. He also has tallied up another 84 receiving yards on nine catches and a touchdown there too. So he's got he's got six touchdowns over 600, or not 600, over 500 scrimmage yards. This is a guy who the offense needs to run through, literally needs to run through. And so far, they're doing a good job of that. However, I want to see more Dana Nagata too. Nagata's only got 26 carries on the air, just over five a game. And a lot of those definitely have come in chunks. There's been games where he's hardly getting any opportunity whatsoever. And then there's games where he kind of gets a little more action. So against NAU, he had 10 carries. And since then, he's, again, he's only had 20, uh, 16 in four games, including a one carry game against Utah. So I want to see more Dana Nagata involved in this in this run game. He's very capable. He's 5.9 yards per carry. But for his career, he's been rock solid too. A career 5.3 yards per carry. He was five and a half last year. He scored four touchdowns last year. And remember, he was basically the number three back last year. He's number two right now. So I want to see him get more involved. I don't, I don't see a reason you shouldn't be getting him more involved. The rest of the running backs, I I can I can take it or leave it. Like obviously, I'd like to see Tevin White since he is probably the future of your program. It's it's frustrating that all his carries came in week one against NAU. Uh, I'd like to see George Hart a little more. I would love to see Deontay Elliott again onto the field. I just don't know if that's going to end up happening. I love the, uh, the run plays that they've been able to, to, uh, create for the, for the receivers. Like, uh, Charles Hall had a 20 yard, like pitch and run. Essentially, that was a really good play. And then you have Emery Jones, who is a decent runner. Like he can be rock solid the problem is he's got all these all these sacks that have taken away all his yards if you take away the sack yards and the sacks that he's taken he goes from 42 carries to 28 carries he goes from seven yards to what's that end up being um 113 yards so literally like right at four yards per carry that's just not good enough especially for someone who's as dynamic a runner as emory jones is you got to figure out a way to get his speed more involved. I've been calling for it for weeks. I've been saying they needed to do it since the beginning of the season, since before, since since they brought him in. This is a guy who needs to be able to run. They have not done that. That needs to change. Passing, honestly, I would be totally fine if they just decided to spoon feed Elijah Badger the ball for the rest of the year. I would love to see what else he is capable of because he has shown off a lot of flashy skill. 24 catches on the year. The next closest guy is Geo Sanders with 13. After him, everyone else is in single digits. Andre Johnson has nine. X Valade has nine. Handful of guys have seven. So clearly there's a connection between Emery and Badger. I want to see that connection continue to grow and continue to expand and potentially end up being something special for Arizona State. That's what I would like to see at this point. So spoon feed him the ball. 
you know, I don't care if he ends up with 60 catches on the year and the next closest guy is 25. I truly don't because right now, no one has truly shown the ability to be the guy except Elijah Badger. You have good role-playing guys. Geo Sanders is quality. Uh, Brian Thompson, I'm out on. Andre Johnson, I'm out on. Charles Hall is interesting. I think he could be fun. The tight ends are interesting. Uh, Messiah Swinson has showed off some intriguing skills, but typical of Arizona State, they just don't get the tight end involved that much. There's all sorts of different things that I would like to see uh, Arizona State be more creative or at least more opportunistic with offensively. But we're going to go ahead and stop and take a short break with that in mind. When we return, we'll go ahead and pick it up looking at the defensive side of the ball. First, though, I want to talk to you guys about our friends over at Nissan. Our partners at Nissan have worked with us to create a new segment across the Locked On College Network titled Thrilling Moments, where we highlight the most exciting play for Arizona State weekend game or throughout the history of our alma mater. This week's thrilling moment from the Arizona State Sun Devils. I didn't pick one from this game. If I did, it probably would have done that to Marcus Davis interception. I went with perhaps the greatest play against USC, the Jail Mary. The Jail Mary is one of those plays where you remember exactly where you were when it happened. Jalen Strong going up, snatching that ball away from a couple UFC defenders who had a front row seat to watch him do it as Mike Mike Bercovici launched that bad boy down the field. Absolutely insane, insane moment. So again, this segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in all the new frontier, Armada or Pathfinder today. Available at NissanUSA.com. Let's get back into our conversation now. Let's see. Let's see. What can I possibly say about this team? I could say that the defense has been underwhelming, right? I could say that I wish I was able to see a little bit more out of what we're looking at right now. But... It The frustrating thing is they showed off this tenacity to start the year. They showed off that they were willing to be a strong competitive unit that could hold off really good offenses and defenses, you know? And it just has not turned into that case. They dominated NAU like they were supposed to. They did a pretty darn good job against Oklahoma State despite the box score. Wet the bed against Eastern Michigan. Utah did what we thought they were going to do. USC did what they thought what we thought they were going to do. You got Washington coming to town this weekend. They're probably going to do exactly what they want to do. And then moving forward, you have some more favorable matchups. But yeah, now you have to play Michael Penix, who prior to this UCLA game was building a Heisman campaign. It has taken a bit of a hit, but obviously you can't take him completely out of it. This is going to be problematic for Arizona State. Moving forward, what do I want to see? Sacks. I want to see sacks. We've got, what, three on the year, I believe? I believe we have three sacks on the year. That is correct. We have a sack from Anthony Cooper, Merlin Robertson, and Corey Bethley. Two of those came against Eastern Michigan, by the way. You did not have a sack for the first two games of the year before finally getting to the quarterback in the third game. And then Corey Bethley's sack came this past weekend against USC. 
There is no pass rush on this team. None. That needs to change. You have guys who are capable of doing it too. I'm still a believer in Trevez Moore. I'm still a believer in BJ Green. I'm still a believer in Omar Norman Lott and in Nesta Jade Silvera and some of the other guys who play outside. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if we got creative with a corner like DJ Taylor or one of the Markham twins. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, we finally saw Kyle or Connor Sully get in on the action from their linebacker spots. But you need to be able to give them those opportunities to do so. And they either haven't been there or they're just not seizing that moment to do so. But the sacks have to go up. Pressures are great. Pressures are, you know, just as important a stat, but you still need to be able to get sacks. It is still an incredibly important aspect for your football team. Turnovers, the team has been very good. They have had a turnover in every single game this year. Six interceptions on the year. Uh, Kyle Sully and Tamarcus Davis lead the pack with two interceptions each. Uh, I believe it was Kiwan Markham or uh, Kawan, excuse me. Kawan Markham has an interception. Uh, Chris Edmonds has an interception. You've gotten a pick in every game this year. I am incredibly happy about that. That is probably not sustainable. I would be surprised if the Sun Devils continue to have an interception in every single game this year. It'd be awesome. Obviously, I'm here for it. I don't want to see Arizona State not creating turnovers. I just don't know that it's completely sustainable for the program. But obviously, keep doing that. That's what I want to see you continue to do. Realistically, man, you have six. If you if you doubled it, that would be amazing. 12 interceptions in 12 games, yeah, that's an average of one a game. That would be huge. Probably shoot for double digits. I feel like that's fair, is to shoot for double digits. You do have some quarterbacks coming up that turn the ball over quite a bit. Uh, Michael Penix threw a few interceptions last week. Tanner McKee has been prone to interceptions. Uh, at the very end of the year for U of A, Jalen DeLora has been throwing some interceptions as well. So there's opportunities here to continue being able to create those turnovers. Last thing I want to talk about defensively, besides like individual statistics, like Kyle Sully's at 61 tackles. I want to see him get to 100. I want to see him flirt with the 150 that he's on pace for. Besides individual statistics like that, I think looking at this schedule, you're hoping that you can hold some of these teams under the 30-point threshold. Uh, particularly, I would be looking at Stanford and Colorado as teams to hold under 30 points. You have not done that since week one against uh, NAU. Every single team since then has hung at least 30 points on you. Those are the two games, uh, Stanford and Colorado again, which are both road games, so it's, it's not easy but they have turnover-prone quarterbacks. Tanner McKee has thrown a lot of interceptions this year for Stanford. Whoever is playing quarterback for Colorado these days has also been throwing a lot of interceptions. There's opportunity here to continue adding to that team total. If you can find a way to get after Michael Penix again, that would be awesome. If you could find a way to get Nor Dorian Thompson-Robinson to turn the ball over, also awesome. If you can find a way to get uh, the quarterback for uh, Washington State, uh, Cameron, Cameron Ward, to turn the ball over, that would be awesome. If you find a way to get the quarterback for Oregon State to turn the ball over, uh, Chase uh, uh, Nolan, that would also be outstanding. But you've got a lot of very good quarterbacks coming up to end the year. Of your last seven games, 
five of them have quality quarterbacks. So I don't know if that tradition is going to continue or not for the turnovers or the sacks. If you can find a way to hold some of these teams under 30 points, that's a huge win for me. One more quick willow break before we hop back into our conversation here. But first, I want to talk to you about our friends over at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all football betting information this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game that you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check on all your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. So head online to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action happening right now at BetOnline, where the game starts. If you are not listening to the Locked On Pac-12 podcast yet, you are doing yourself a disservice. Check out Locked On Pac-12 right now with my good friend, number one friend of the podcast, and host of Locked On Pac-12, Spencer McLaughlin. Get everything you need to know about the Conference of Champions in 30 minutes or less. It's free and available. Make it your second listen of the day. Final expectations I want to talk about. Probably the hope of what Arizona State can do the rest of the year. I'm going to attempt to predict wins and losses in this segment. Seven games. Let's do this. Of those seven games, you have four road games. Those road games being Stanford, Colorado, Washington State, and U of A. You will have at home this week, this weekend, the number 21 Washington Huskies. You have the number 18 UCLA Bruins. And then you have the Oregon State Beavers. That is nothing but a tough slate. This was a very difficult schedule entering the year for Arizona State. It's only gotten harder as the year is going to progress. This weekend against Washington, it's a loss. Chalk it up. Michael Penix is just playing out of his mind. He is absolutely outstanding this year. He has been one of the best transfer pickups for college football, especially from the teeny, teeny, tiny uh, uh, college that he came from initially. I can't remember it to save my life. Oh, you know what? I'm thinking Cameron Ward was the guy who came from that small, small college. Michael Penix came from Indiana. That's my mistake. But Penix has 16 touchdowns to three picks on the year. So I would probably write that off as a loss. Again, I think your your biggest goals in that game, make it competitive the way that you did last week against USC, get some turnovers, and hold them under 30 points. I feel like that's fair expectation. Next game you have up, you're going up to Palo Alto to play Stanford. If you're playing the way you're playing right now, I think that's a win. Stanford is not the best team in the world. They're one and three on the year. Their one win was against Colgate when they went and beat them 41 to 10. Since then, they've dropped three straight games, all in conference, by the way. For what it's worth, all three of them are ranked. But these were not particularly close. They were close with USC, 41-28. to Washington kicked their butt, 40-22. to And Oregon handled them pretty well, 45-27. to If Arizona State wants to go up to Palo Alto and keep this game close, I really hope 
that they have some kind of game plan here because you're going on the on the road. They're still a pretty well coached team, man. Like you got you got David Shaw still there. He knows what he's doing. Sure, this isn't a great team. And you took care of business last year. In fact, Tanner McKee was so incredibly vulnerable against you. You're hoping you can replicate that. So with that game, I do hope you win. I would expect multiple turnovers in that game because Tanner McKee is prone to multiple turnovers and you had his number last year. Put up a good amount of points. If you can score 25 plus, that's awesome. Next week, go to Colorado. That's a win. That is, it, it, it's a win. You lose that game, you blow up this organization. Start over completely. Ray Anderson is gone. The coaching staff is gone. You cannot lose to Colorado. They do not have a win this year. They are one of the worst college football teams I've ever seen. You need to go there and win. Not, not just win, you need to win convincingly. I understand. You're not Alabama. You're not Oregon. You're not Utah. But you are still head and shoulders better than Colorado. Go to that game, multiple turnovers, beat them by two possessions. UCLA, even though it's home, that's a loss. They are one of the best teams in the Pac-12 right now. They are just absolutely dominating everyone they go up against. To the surprise of no one, Dorian Thompson-Robinson has been unstoppable. 11 touchdowns through the air, one interception, three more scores on the ground. He's terrific. Zach Charbonnet is terrific at running back. They're getting production out of their receivers as well. And the defense is pretty darn good. That is just, that. that's going to be an incredibly difficult game, no matter where it's played. It could be played on the moon. And I would be taking, I would be taking UCLA to win this game convincingly. So same thing. See if you can catch Dorian Thompson Robinson sleeping. Caleb Williams didn't have an interception on the year until he played Arizona State. Maybe you can catch him sleeping. Find a way to hold them under 30. I'll tell you right now, I don't think you will. Wazoo, you're definitely not holding them under 30. And you're going to Pullman to play them on the road. Cameron Ward, and I looked up the college he played at. That would be Incarnate Word. That's down in Southland. or uh, Southland's a conference hearing, excuse me. Um, I believe that's in Texas, but do not quote me on that. I am not 100% sure. But Cameron Ward has been very, very good this year. Uh, not the greatest quarterback in the Pac-12, but he's certainly been way more than serviceable. 13 touchdowns, seven interceptions. He's got Wazoo sitting right now at four and one in the conference, fifth place. They're a good football team. You got to go on the road to play them. You're not winning. So same standards. Try and get some turnovers. You know, Ward has been turnover prone. I, I'll set the precedent for multiple turnovers in that game. Try and hold them under 30. You're not going to. Versus Oregon State, that's at home. I still don't feel good about that game. Is it winnable? I guess. Oregon State isn't the greatest team in the world, but man, are they much better than they have been in recent recent times. They're 3-2 and two on the year. That's ninth place in the Pac-12, but they're still a very, very quality program. Uh, uh, Chase Nolan has been a very good quarterback. Uh, not so much this year. He does have more interceptions than touchdowns, but I more often than not, I'm going to fear Chase Nolan than I am going to be confident against him. You got to make sure you're prepared, prepared for Jack Coletto, man. When he's on the field, you got to know where he's going. He killed you last year. You need to be better prepared this year. I think that is a winnable game. 
but I am not betting on Arizona State to win that game. I will track that up as a loss. Get some turnovers. Clearly, Chase Nolan is prone to them. Get some sacks. Hold them under 30. U of A. I don't, I don't think this is a slam dunk win. I am picking it as a win, though, because when it comes to state rivalries like this, you throw out the record books. You throw out any success that you have had during the year. And you need to realize that these two teams hate each other and all they care about is beating the other. U of A has tried to do that the last few years. They've had a couple decent games against Arizona State. This is a solid U of A team. They're still not quite there yet, but they are pretty darn good. Jaden Delora is a good quarterback for them. Uh, 14 touchdowns, six interceptions. He's been good. He's not unstoppable, though. He should be someone you can get after. The problem is he's just so elusive and he can make plays with his legs, not necessarily as like a runner, like he doesn't really break the pocket to pick up yards with his legs. But man, he's he he, he reminds me of like Russell Wilson, the way he played in the Seattle backfield and was just able to kind of navigate. And it just felt like you could never touch him kind of thing. That's how I feel about Jaden Delora. It's not going to be easy. Michael Wiley is a very good running back for them as well. I am chalking that up as a win. Some bias, of course. I, I'm not going to sit here and deny that there's no bias. However, I am going to tell you that a lot of that has to do with the fact that Arizona State is playing passionate football right now. And I feel like they can definitely come into this game and exceed any expectations that might be had for them, no matter how high or low those expectations are. That's all I got for you guys, though, in this edition of the Lockdown Sun Devils podcast. Thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. Remember, we're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. If you want to check us out on that visual platform, wherever you do get your podcast, though, like and subscribe. Turn on those notifications so you get an update every time we post new content. Also, make sure you're following me on Twitter. You can find me at RichieBrads36. And you can find the podcast as well at LO underscore Sun Devils. For tomorrow's edition of the podcast, it is the mailbag. So submit your questions on Twitter or right here in the YouTube comments. But until next time, you keep it locked right here on Locked on Sun Devils.